What is up, AKA Padders? Here's the big day, and thank you for joining me. I'm Peter Aguilica, AKA Pad, the pop culture pope, sexual white chocolate, your boy over here, Ruben Sandwich, White Castle, coming at you. We are talking Speed Racer, and this is the 300th episode. The road to 300 ends with what potentially is not only one of the greatest racing movies of all time, it's one of the greatest manga adaptations. It's one of the greatest anime adaptations. It's one of the biggest fusions of Japanese uh, culture, mythology, into an anime culture. It's one of the Wachowskis. These are the guys that did The Matrix. This is one of the best. Everything about this movie is one of the best. We're talking about it. Everyone, thank you for joining me. Episode 300 of AKA Pads Audio Audacity is here right now. Let's get through that intro and jump on it. So there is so much about this movie. But everyone, thank you for joining me. I, yeah, I'm just coming off of this uh, vacation. Like, really, like, seven, eight-day bender. A lot of food, a lot of alcohol, a lot of beach. I have the absolute worst tan lines. And I, I forced myself to slow down only because... You know, there, there was a, a a sequence of calibrations happening, and I had some physical injuries, physical ailments coming from the gym that I built in my backyard that I call the Bloodstone. If you follow me on social media, Instagram, aka Pad Six Nine, and find me on Facebook, aka Pad, uh, you'll you'll see me posting from there. A few of my YouTube videos again. AKA pad, uh, one or two of my YouTube videos uh, begins at the Bloodstone Gym because I make it a point to when I discuss drawing, um, you know, and doing artwork, the, the importance of building out your strength and the power of your back. And a lot of people who are desk jockeys, just like me, because hey, I also have a nine to five and I also sit down a lot to do a lot of things. I'm sitting down a lot. You need a strong back. You need a strong core. You need your hip flexors. You, you need them going. So, I, you know, but every once in a while, part of the process is you kind of like damage yourself along the way and you rehab and you come back better and you come back stronger. I'm not sure if there's any other way to go about some of this stuff when it comes to building power, building strength and just being overall fit. So anyway, we're here. Uh, holy crap. Uh, I, I really want to jump right into this movie because this movie is important to me. My buddy Mark that's out there, Mark the Merc, as we call him on this podcast. Uh, th- this is one of him and I's absolute favorite movies. Uh, and it's always nice knowing that <laughs> because... I don't think many people know about this movie. I don't think many people remember this movie. I don't think many people want any discussion regarding the 2008 Wachowski brothers, the Wachowskis. Um, At the time, they were Wachowski brothers. Um, We're not going to get into that discrepancy. But uh, these guys were off the Matrix. Okay, This was supposed to have been the big thing. They produced, wrote, you know, Shepard, uh, V for Vendetta. That was our post-Matrix movie. And that movie, that was 2005. Matrix, remember, was 1999. V, v for Vendetta 
is a perfect complement to a matrix follow-up. Uh, it just fits. Okay. V for Vendetta is one of the best comic book adaptations ever. So th that's always on my list. Now, look, um, it's different when we talk about comic book adaptations versus um, like a superhero movie. So like my list of really good comic book adaptations would be kind of like Ghost World, The Crow, Dick Tracy, uh, you know, and V for Vendetta. Even Watchmen. I would put Watchmen right up in there. So... Nobody really wants any discussion when it comes to Speed Racer. My boy Mark out there, he likes it. I like it. And that's good enough. <laughs> we love gushing over this movie. Okay? So, but why? Because the movie, it's, it's very tough to define. Because it's fantasy, it's science fiction. It's Japanese culture. Um, or like almost the perception of Japanese culture. Again, interesting. And then we have like Emil Hirsch, who's starring as S-Speed, uh, who I was convinced was going to take over Hollywood after this movie. Uh, that did not happen. I was also convinced uh, Nick Stahl was going to take over Hollywood after Term Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Um, I still feel uh, smited that both of these individuals uh, have, in fact, not taken over Hollywood. Uh, so uh, I was wrong. Two bad calls there. So we have this very abstract idea when it comes to Speed Racer. Speed Racer, the book, goes the, the manga, the Japanese comic book, goes all the way back to 66, 1966, 1967. Uh, yeah, those books are not monthly. They're kind of, um, you know, semi-weekly, semi depending on the edition you're featured in. But some of the Japanese comics are weekly releases, and they're, they're compilations. They're just giant magazine anthologies. Some of them are monthly, so on and so forth. Uh, they have a very different system. So right after that, the, uh, you know, Go, 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 Mock, or Mock, Go, go, go. That's what it's known in, in Japan. It gets a animated series series produced. And for a lot of people, the Speed Racer animated series, okay, was the, um, it was almost like the introduction that the, uh, yeah, there was another land over the ocean. And they, in fact, also made their own cartoons. Now, comparatively speaking, it's not close when it comes to quality. Uh, even around this time, Battle of the Planets, Star Blazers. Yeah, they, they were finding their way or, uh, through American syndication. It didn't matter. None of it was good. It's just like, even just on an animation frame rate. Translations, uh, the concepts, it just butchered so they could get aired in the U.S. And there's always a battle. There's always a struggle to watch a version of what you're watching at this point and it, you know who's making what corrections where what where and why it's a very big discussion point but at the end of the day speed racer was just speed racer it was a silly car thing and then like the anime boom hit in the 90s a uh, true boom period because the ideas and the concepts alone for anime japanese animation uh are historic the talent that came through that era, historic. 
And then, you know, Speed Racer uh, gets Americanized, uh, gets some uh, Speed Racer Next Generation. Uh, you know, it's had maybe, maybe like three to four updates. N- no one cares. None of it's good. Uh, I take that back. I don't know if all of it's not good. But definitely in the 90s, yeah, American uh, animators, American production houses licensed Speed Racer. And they gave it a go. They gave it a go. And then we had this like nostalgia vintage boom. Uh, Palisades Toys is a great example to, um, yeah, probably paying very little for a license, but um, being able to make a toy line from Speed Racer. And we had Johnny Lightning, Lightning, Light, Light, Lightning, Johnny Lightning, uh, another toy line. You know, they were able to make cars. So, like, we have this thing where people kind of grew up watching Speed Racer. Really not reading it because the original manga was uh, just tough to get until Amazon. And, you know, they remember and they say, hey, you know, like, we could maybe sell some Speed Racer toys. Or, hey, we can smell, we can sell some Speed Racer cars. So, like, you know, we're talking late 90s, early 2000s. I give a lot of credit to Palisades toys because those toys were so well-made, so accurate. Uh, The packaging was awesome. And, you know, like, they're they're just like a reminder of what you missed. And they did the same with the Muppets. They did Muppet toys, and everyone flipped out about them. So, they're no longer with us, Palisades, R.I.P. So, and then... The Matrix sets, okay? The Wachowskis get the keys to the kingdom. We're talking Plastic Man. The Plastic Rubbery Mr. Fantastic Detective Dude from the DC Universe. They have a script, whatever. So, we don't get Plastic Man. And I'm kind of happy for that. But they get, you know, they, they keep the momentum. Because the grind for the Matrix was a lot. Okay. And let's recap some of their career. 1995. Writer producer. Or writers. They wrote Assassins. Antonio Banderas. Sylvester Stallone. Um, It's been a little bit too long since I've seen that movie. I'm not going to comment. Bound. 1996. Writer directors. Yes. This movie is worth mentioning. Three years later we have The Matrix. Uh, 1999, one of the biggest boom years in Hollywood, just as of ideas. Major studios taking major risks. Uh, the, you know, again, Fight Club. Uh, it just goes on and on. Sixth Sense and The Matrix. You know, like uh, these movies, and a lot of these movies are, have very similar ideas and tones that echo through them. Then we get Matrix Revisited 2001. So this is like a straight-to-DVD release. We are all going crazy in the world of geek on the boards of AnyCoolNews.com, checking updates daily, hourly. Whenever you're at the computer, you're on AnyCoolNews, and you're checking updates for anything on the Matrix. Licensing convention, Steven Scro has a couple drawings, has a couple prints. They're uploaded. We're analyzing them this is the beginning of the crazy cray cray internet movie reviewer uh constant news cycle thing that has destroyed movie reviews i've 
talked about this before. But, you know, it's, I'm not going to lie. It was fun at the time. So, The Matrix Revisited is just like <laughs> a recap of The Matrix and some teasers of the coming films. We don't care. The next two years, 2003, we have The Animatrix comes out. Anthology anime. Wachowskis are deeply embedded when it comes to anime. They're into it. They're in it to win it. And they're pretty much, I will say, validating their position that the that they're that they understand the source material, that they know what they're pulling from. Um, it's a good move. Animatrix is awesome. There's very few of those shorts that I don't love or recount right now. And then 2003, we have Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions. Now, this is it. The Matrix is over. <laughs> Because everyone's disappointed. But we're willing to forgive. And we see the Wachowskis names on V for Vendetta. And we go and we flock to it. And we love it. And it's awesome. And then the Wachowskis are somewhat involved with a um, another movie. Not a big deal. And then 2008 we have Speed Racer. They're producers for 2009 Ninja Assassin. Again. They're validating the source, the inspiration for The Matrix. And I think it's a good movie. Ninja Assassin is an awesomely fun movie. Uh, I'm pretty sure Rain is in that, R-A-I-N. He's a Japanese performer. He is also in Speed Racer. And we get something awesome in 2012. We get Cloud Atlas. And then in 2015, we have basically... Essentially, the end of the Wachowskis' um, mojo. Their swing in Hollywood ends in 2015's Jupiter Ascending. Now, I've seen that movie a lot. I watch it often because I want to know more and more and more about the story. Now, I think it's almost there. It is almost there. But where it's not, where, where it misses, and I'm talking platitudes here. I'm taking some broad strokes. It just doesn't land. It doesn't hit. Now, I can love it, but the movie destroys their careers. Shortly after, they closed their production studios. Now, they had like a Robin Hood movie in the mix. Who cares? A Robin Hood movie with Jamie Foxx came out around that time also. And then... 2015-2018, they have uh, Sense8. Sense8. It's a Netflix show. A lot of people say they like it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's two seasons. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll get into it. Whatever. And supposedly, there is another Netflix thing coming. So, they're back making The Matrix, by the way. <laughs> so, whatever. And that's it. Like, you know, um, everyone involved. John Goodman, Christina Ricci, Susan Sarandon. Um, like I said, the cast is top-notch in Speed Racer. So why, why do I love this movie so much? Because I feel like it's the absolute best anyone can ever do of a live-action uh, live adaptation of Speed Racer. Now, with that, 
if you watch Speed Racer, you're like, what is this? Like, there's no story. There's just nothing happening. Can I say no world building? Because there's no world building. What is this? You you want this? Like, you want this to be your fo- your true follow-up to the Matrix, guys? And they're like, yeah. And they do it, and they execute. Because they take these wildly abstract ideas within Speed Racer. Like, you're going to crash. The car's going to flip. The car's also full of fuel. The car's going to catch fire. And we have crashes all the time. It's violent. It's horrific. This is, again, Road to 300. These are all tropes that we've seen bleeding through every single one of these movies for the Road to 300. But they explain it. This would make them great. They explain that. They have a way of explaining it. Now, it's cartoony, but we're also in a cartoon universe. Everything within Speed Racer is a cartoon. The kid's name is Speed. He's obsessed with racing. His brother disappears. His brother be- his brother becomes Racer X. The brother, the brother, the younger brother has a monkey. The monkey's Chim Chim. They're obsessed with candy. The father has the race car in the house. They live around the race car. They're a racing family. These are some of the backstory, like the uh, the exposition, the explanations. That make this good because we really we don't get it too well with the cartoon for all kinds of reasons. Translation, uh, lost in translation type stuff. But the Wachowskis, they they commit to the bit and they bet it all on the farm. And what's the farm when it comes to Speed Racer? The movie, the 2008 movie that lost roughly $40 million. They bet. That you're going to fall into this universe with them. The colors. The design. The cars. This is a world obsessed with racing. A lot of the Road to 300. Rush. Ford vs. Ferrari. Are, they're based on real life people. People that really did that stuff. That really risked their lives Every single time they raced a car, even practiced. This is the world that they imagine, that they could dream of. Again, the world from the last American hero, Jeff Bridges. That was like our third one. This is the world that that character would want to help create. Meaning, you make racing the biggest thing ever on Earth, and it just consumes everyone. Speed Racer is almost... Like this um, perfection of the idea of uh, like Bill and Ted writing the most perfect song to create world peace. Potentially, we see that in Speed Racer. We see the perfect race. We see like the perfect hero to come from racing. The perfect season. And the whole world uses that moment and it magnifies everything. It's all baked into the dough when it comes to Speed Racer. Now, every single time I watch this movie, I'm picking up multiple new things every time the way how the characters are connected the way how they're not connected the some of the chances and risks that they're taking what's really on the line 
every time you watch the movie, you're you're seeing different adjustments on all of that. Sparky, the mechanic. I thought he had a bigger role. I go in. He really doesn't, but he has a big moment. And I love that moment. But for me, the entire movie, and I uh, I say this so much with racing movies, it's really the end. Because Speed, Speed's car, the Mach 5, or I think it's the Mach 6 at this time. I apologize if I'm incorrect. But this movie, he's done. The car is not starting. You know, and he, he closes his eyes and he feels the car. And that he gets the car working. And he's behind. And as he's racing towards the finish line, towards that checkered flag, his entire life meets him when at the end, when he crosses the finish line. Every moment, every breath he's ever taken has come to this. No other racing movie defines that. Now, some of them come close. Because they kind of do, they, that's seen somewhat been repeated in Ford vs. Ferrari and Rush. But we're watching a cartoon. We're watching abstraction here. And it works so much better with Speed Racer. And I think everything else is just close second when it comes to that stuff. Now, all these other tropes work very well. The obsession with racing. The obsession with dying. The uh, a ghost riding with you a ghost chasing you it's all literally manifest uh, manifested within speed racer it's all there that's what makes it good because it's it, there's no allegory there's no metaphor so these tropes that a lot of these other racing movies have speed racer just says oh no boom these are the characters and this is the world this is what they believe and that is it and I don't think um, we'll ever get anything as good as this again. Now, you think Disney's Pixar's Cars would have done it because that's even better. It's even more perfect of an idea to illustrate some of these ideas, to paint them out. But it's not because we cannot get through the um, concept of Cars. <sighs> Speed Racer somewhat failed because we cannot make it through the concept. But it's there, and they brought it to us. And I just want to say, this is rightfully so one of my favorite movies because it's just so nuts. It's bizarre. It's crazy, and it should not be there, but it is. This is no different than The Dark Crystal. It shouldn't be there, but here it is. Everyone, we're going to be doing a lot of fun things. Get ready for episode 301 for AK Pad's Audio Audacity. We're going to be going into the DC animated arc. <laughs> Five DC animated films that complete a giant tapestry. A really big story. Uh, and I think it's, it somewhat parallels with some of these other things happening with DC and Warner Brothers and AT&T right now. But. I got five animated movies, and I'm going to be talking to you about their viewing order in detail coming up. Everyone, thank you so much for joining me. If you're out there and you help get me going, meaning when we started this podcast, and I say we because I know some of you, a lot of you guys are out there. You're still listening. Thank you for helping me get going. But... 
a lot of you couldn't stick with me. And I and there was a, a lot of regret I have in that. Because I would want all of you, all my contributors, leading up to this point. I would want you on every single podcast, every single show. Maybe someday the sword will rise again and we will all return to this show. But until then, get ready for DC and thank you all for making this happen. 300 is huge. I love you and goodbye.